0: Psalm 107 from the New Living Translation. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies, for he has gathered the exiles from many lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They nearly died. Lord, help! They cried in their trouble, and He rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for His great love and for the wonderful things He has done for them. For He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, succumbing to the council, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That is why he broke them with hard labor. They fell, and no one was there to help them. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He led them from darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he broke down their prison gates of bronze. He cut apart their bars of iron. Some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. They couldn't stand the thought of food, and they were knocking on death's door. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He went, he sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. Some went off to sea in ships, plying the trade routes of the world. They too observed the Lord's power in action, his impressive works in the deepest seas. He spoke and the winds rose, stirring up the waves. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wits' end. Lord help, they cried in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness, and He brought them safely into harbor. Let them praise the Lord for His great love and for the wonderful things He has done for them. Let them exalt Him publicly. Before the com- congregation and before the leaders of the nation, the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks, Meredith. Um, let's pray now before we go get into this. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for Psalm 107. And God, we pray that today, as uh, as we hear from your word, that God, you would grow us to be more and more like your Son Jesus. And God, would you give me the words to say? May it be your Spirit speaking. We pray this in your name. Amen. So, a few years ago, I was on my way to Alabama from New Brunswick, and so I set out with my sister and her then-boyfriend, now-husband, Alex, to take them to school on my way there. Um, We set out, and we just had the craziest journey. The first day, we almost got hit. The second day... Both of my windshield wipers broke while it was raining. And the third, well, actually, this was still the second day. One of my tires busted. And we got out of the car to go fix my tire and put my donut on to get us to a place where we could get tires. And when I took my lug nut wrench out, my lug nuts were so stripped, I could not get any of them loosened. It was brutal, and I didn't know what I was going to do. But thankfully, Alex had a card that had these three letters on it, AAA, and he called them up and they came with all their tools, got that, got those lug nuts off and off we went on our way. And you know, it's really always nice when you are in, when you are in a time of need to have somebody you can call on or to have a membership with someone you can call on. And this Psalm, I think, shows the beauty of a relationship with a God, the beauty of a a membership with a God in a sense. Uh, Being able to have a need and being able to cry out to God in prayer. Because his love can make a way for you to get back on the road where you need to go. But it's far better than AAA. Uh, AAA is just something we pay so that we can get a service that we need. Right? Not so with God. Prayer and praise, the reality of that is so much more powerful. Unlike the call that I made to AA, that was only answered really because Alex's parents were paying for AAA, God answers our call, and he pays the price for our membership himself, and gives us a relationship with him. Um, Throughout the book of Psalms, there are many different types of psalms, and some of them are praise hymns to God. Many of these are hymns of thanksgiving, which thank God for his answer to their prayers. And so Psalm 107 is one of these psalms. It's a hymn of thanksgiving. And so throughout the psalms, we have this Expression of thanksgiving that says, Bless the Lord. And Psalm 103 says this particularly. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The word blessing or praise and forget not go together hand in hand because only those who praise God do not forget what he has done. You've probably heard the saying, You remember, we remember 10% of what we read, 20% of what we hear, 30% of what we see, 50% of what we see and hear, 70% of what we discuss with others, 80% of what we personally experience, and 95% of what we teach others. Now, I'm not really sure if that's all true or not, but when it comes to praising God, I think there is some truth to that. It's pretty close. It's like that with our lives. One of the many reasons why we're made to live together in community with others is to tell our story. And the psalm, Psalm 107, tells us to tell our story. Because those who God has redeemed, those he's saved, it's not something you just keep to yourself. It's not a private thing. We are saved not just to go about doing our own business, but to have a relationship with God, and that relationship with God leads us to share what God has done in our lives with others because God wants a relationship with us. And when we're at our wits end like those in this psalm and we cry out to God and he answers, that answer brings forth what Psalm 107 is all about, praising God for what he's done. And when we praise God, we remember what God has done for us. So why praise God? You know, only those who praise God remain In contact with God. The Greek word psalmoi is the word for songs or praises to God. But why is the book of Psalms named praises? Why is that the name? Because a lot of Psalms, when you read them, seem like complaints. In fact, 45% of the Psalter, the book of Psalms, are laments. Now, even in laments, there's praise. So a lamentation, I'm just going to kind of define, a lamentation is a person grieving without hope. It's an action that they're doing. They're lamenting for something that's passed on. The person they're praying for has passed away. The thing they're praying for, it didn't work out. Or, it's, or depending on what we're praying for, is done. Now a lament is grieving with hope. And so as we read this psalm of praise, you might think, man, I'm not in a position to praise God like this at all. I'm living right now in a place where I'm crying out to God, deliver me. And the Psalms recognize that often we find ourselves in the the situations like those who are in, uh, those who are written in Psalm 107. We're we're in dire straits. We are, we don't know what's going to happen. And so we bring forth a negative form of praise, a lament. But even in those times, we need to be able to praise God in our prayers, and the Psalms show us that. Psalm 107, particularly, is connected to the previous psalm. The last petition or prayer to God in Psalm 106 was this. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. And Psalm 107, totally response to that prayer. The, an- the prayer of Psalm 106 was answered, and boom, this is why we have Psalm 107. So why is praise so important? Have you ever had something in your life where you, were, you literally jumped for joy? You were so pumped, you were fist pumping about, and just like, yeah, about something. Well, a few months ago, my wife is an American, got her work permit and her healthcare stuff all figured out, like, in the same couple days. I was so pumped. I was hooting and hollering, and she wasn't there, so she didn't get to see this, but I was fist pumping and jumping around and saying, hallelujah, praise God, and all kinds of other onomatopoeic words like it. Um, And the beauty of this psalm is that here are people recalling what God's done for them. They cried out to God, and they saw God's power and glory deliver them, pick them up from the dumps to health. They saw what God had done. They saw the goodness and glory of God. Now, when we praise, we take what we see, we ascribe value to it, and we praise it. So we do this with all kinds of things. Um, Alexander Ovechkin's The Goal. Some of you might remember that. Really nice goal. Um, A nice car. See a reaction right there. A beautiful mountain view. You know, these are beautiful things. We see them and we give value to them. And glory is recognizing the weightiness. The word literally means like heavy weightiness of God. So it means that He's important. When glory is seen, admired, and commended, we get praise. And when we praise God, we're telling of God's glory. And praise, what praises is? Praise is the inner sound. The inner health made audible. What's going on in our hearts made audible. Praise helps root us in reality. See, when we see things as they are, when we have the right perspective, when we have the right attitude in our hearts, we must praise God, even if we're in a a tough situation. And the Psalms then, when we read them, become a tool to praise God with. The Psalms help give us heaven's point of view. And you'll you'll be pleased to know that that doesn't mean ignoring where you are actually at in real life. Only every now and again do we find ourselves in a place like Psalm 107 where we're, ooh, everything's worked out. We're pumped right now. God delivered us. A lot of times we find ourselves like the Israelite people in Psalm 106, spread out among many countries, being tested, struggling, and all the stuff that we heard read in Psalm 107, all those There's four things that were particularly brought up, where it seemed like they were too far gone to be saved by anyone. But they did something, and something happened. They cried out to God. They prayed, and God heard their cry and delivered them, took them from where they were to someplace new. Now, every single one of us here today who says, yes, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, he's my King, has every reason to look at, especially the first three verses of this psalm, give thanks to the Lord because he is good, to look at that and say, and be obedient to it. Because many times when Jesus delivered someone from a disease or from something, he would encourage them, go and tell your people what you have seen and what you've heard. Because when we tell others, they can share in our joy. Praising God for what he has done is what the Psalms call us to do again and again. Psalm 78, four says this, we will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord His power and wonders he has done. So what I want to do now is look at the four things that Psalm 107 brings up. What God has done and what he still continues to do today. So there's four things. The first one, he rescues the lonely and those without a home or community. I've had a few times in my life where I've felt alone. When I was in high school in particular, I often, I went through a time where I had like a, every time I had a good friend, they would move away to like another country in the world or to the other side of this country, which is basically another country, which for me, I was, lived in New Brunswick, so it was around here. Um, and it was lonely. I had very few friends. I often wasn't really treated super well because I wasn't really part of a clique or an in group at school or youth group. And I'd often hear people, they'd walk by and be talking about hanging out and I'd never get invited. It felt lonely. I'd go home. I'd cry out to God in prayer, asking for a friend or a group of friends that I could hang out with. It would just keep leaving me out of stuff. It never really happened in high school. I was always given one friend to hang out with, but never usually a group. But when I finally reached university, my prayer was answered. I, it was so impactful to have friends who were united together because they loved Jesus. How There was actually a community of believers who would support Support me, and it was such an answer to prayer. But it took a while, and and you know that prayer is being answered still to this day. But it goes beyond just a lack of friends or loss of community, because each of us, before we come to know Jesus, is spiritually lost. We're wandering around, looking for somewhere, for some place. We need Jesus to give us rest from our wandering through our earth, through the earth, trying to, trying to find a way to heaven. We carry burdens and we're looking for rest from past hurts. We're hungry for love and approval and we're wandering from place to place often searching for love or connection in ways that don't fulfill. But we can cry out to God because in Jesus, we have someone who will love us. In Jesus, we have someone who will care for us and take our burdens and forgive us. In Jesus, we find a community of people who will also love and care for us. It's a beautiful thing be part of the church. The second thing, second thing, prisoners. You know, many of us know of some who are prisoners. Either literally in prison or prisoners to some kind of reality because they rebelled against what was right or literally against God. And many of us here today are actually prisoners too. We, we have what Tim Keller says is we have souls weighed down by shame and a sense of condemnation that we can't free ourselves from. You know, the people in the Psalm, they had done wrong. How could they deserve any kind of forgiveness from God? The one they had done wrong against, the one they rebelled against. Well, Romans three, twenty three to twenty five was true of them, and it's good news for us too. Let me read this. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. Like those in Psalm 107. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. If you, if you feel so far gone, you need to hear that today. That there is someone who's taken your punishment. And his name is Jesus. He wants to bring you close to God. The third thing we have is people with self-inflicted damage. Similar to what I just talked about. You know, there are many here today who have done some things in their life, and they've suffered for it. Many of us have made mistakes, and these mistakes have consequences that have reached far into our lives and have had physical consequences. Um, emotional pain have given us psychological pain and spiritual pain. And in this passage, it's, it's not just describing a one-time mistake, but, but also people who are, have become so self-absorbed so far gone in their ways that it might seem like they're too far gone. But no one is too far gone for God. You might think of people who live self-indulgent lifestyles or people addicted to things that harm them. Humans have always, this is the way Tim Keller puts it, have always had a determination to do things that might get them hurt. We've always had that. But when we cry out to God, God responds. And when God responds, we aren't just forgiven, but we're healed by God often. His love heals. It totally changes the course of our lives, changes the pattern of our mind, of our wills, of our emotions. I had a friend who was a parole officer back in New Brunswick. And he said that in all his life, there were only three people he never saw repeat, be, repeat their offense. And he said, uh, they thought the reason why they never ended up back with him is because that he had found out that they had come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Now, certainly, there are other experiences, too, where people have never returned to parole and they didn't receive Jesus. But Jesus really does have the power to make us new, clean again, far greater than we could ever do on our own. The fourth one, those hit by the storms of life. You know, many of us here are going to resonate really well with this one. Uh, with this last description. Almost all of us have been hit with something outside of our control. An illness, a disease that came out of nowhere, an accident, a miscarriage, a rejection, a broken bone, and we feel so overwhelmed because when the storms come and the waves hit us, they hit us so hard that we feel like our canoe gets flipped upside down and we're gasping for air, trying to swim to shore, but we can't control our lives. And Jesus shows us throughout Scripture that he will, well, he'll be one of two things when we cry out to him. Either he'll calm the storm, as this passage suggests, and as Jesus did in the New Testament, or he'll enable us to fix our eyes on him and walk with us through the storms of life, like Peter walking on water. Now, a lot of you guys are going to push back. Some of you might have heard me going through this, and you're thinking, ooh, i no, my, my prayers don't get answered like this psalm. I could really go for that answer to prayer right now, but it's taking too long. I'm losing hope. In fact, maybe you had a prayer request that was time sensitive and time ran out. And then you're like, will my prayer ever be heard? This, this whole praising God like this, this stuff happening seems way too good to be true. And you know what? So often I have felt the exact same way. Um, in the past two years, in fact, I've had a prayer request that was time-sensitive. I had a date set. I was praying for this, and I said, God, you would be so glorified if you would just answer my prayer in this way. I would sing your praises. This would be so great. It would give you honor and glory. I love this. The time came, and God didn't answer my prayer the way I wanted him to. The answer was no. And I was angry at God for it for quite some time. Did prayer work? Not the way I wanted it to then. So why even bother praying? You know, a little while after that, I I was praying again, and I got angry about, why, God, why didn't you answer this prayer? And I felt a tender rebuke. Uh, Definitely the Holy Spirit reminding me that, hey, though I had not gotten the prayer, the outcome that I wanted, I had to trust God. That God wanted me to pray not just to get what I want, because so often we just pray for what we want, but to be with him. He wanted deep communion with me. God wants to be with all of us. He wants to have a relationship with us. That's why he sent his son, Jesus. You know, like Job in the Old Testament, where all the stuff's going on behind the scenes and Job knows none of it and crazy stuff's happening to him. I might never know this side of heaven why that prayer wasn't answered. In fact, I'm counting on probably never knowing. But I'm like a canoe on a sea. I can only see so far in front of me. I can only know so much of God's wisdom and God's plan. But God, he knows the rest. He sees the whole ocean. So what good is prayer if God's in control and knows it all? Well, I think prayer is a means to an end. But the end is the same that Christ died for. It's to be in communion with God. To draw close to God. And when we're in communion with God... Our prayer, even our prayers of lament, always have an element of praise. See, we see that expressed throughout the Psalms. When we are praying for something, we praise God. Why praise God? Here's what we're doing when we're praising God. We are rejecting alternative loyalties and false definitions of reality. We're saying, this is not the case. This is the case. Praise roots us in reality. One of my professors says this, it's a relentless argument, an attack on the enemy. We are showing the world just what to praise, and the world—the world's going to be competing and tempting you to, to praise other things. You have to engage in spiritual battles to make war on these other things that the world wants you to praise. Walter Brueggemann says that there are really two ways of living. There's only two ways of living. One is doxology, praising God. The second, idolatry, praising something other than God. Don't make prayer and what you are praying for an end. Don't make it an end in itself. Because when you make it an end, everything falls apart. The end has to be God at the center of it all. Nothing else is going to last. You won't be able to praise God if you come to God only to uh, receive what you're praying for. The purpose of prayer stretches far beyond that. The end of the laments, the end of every series in Psalms, Psalms is split up into five books, and the end of every series of books in Psalms is this, blessed be the Lord, bless the Lord, O my soul. It ends in praise. It always closes with doxology. And why does that make sense when there is so much pain throughout the Psalms and throughout our lives? Prayer is our most interior An intense, to the core of our being, act of placing hope in the future. All prayers are directed to God. And so this brings us into the presence of God. And when we're in the presence of God, we praise. We praise him. Praise is the deep, even if often hidden, future dimension of prayer, as Eugene Peterson says. And so surely there are at least two reasons to pray. And we covered this a little bit already. One is that God says that prayer changes things. God is on the throne. He is the king. Externally, God is the ultimate mover and shaker in our universe. And he acts through prayer. We see it in Acts, the book of Acts in the Bible, when these people are praying for Peter to be set free from prison, and miraculously, God makes it happen, and he walks out of there because an angel uh, has, has made it possible. And the second reason is there is always the internal reason to pray. When we are praying, we are being brought into the presence of God. You know, even the Spirit of God, in the book of Romans, it says that he is groaning on our behalf when we don't know what to pray for. When we pray and petition God, in many ways, we're giving up control. We're asking, trusting God to care for our needs. It's through prayer that we often experience freedom freedom from trying to fix things ourselves, from the ways of the world. And that gives us confidence. Because God is wiser than we are, and he wants the best for us. And he knows what's best for us. And so we can pray and praise God because of that. And so what's the implication? What does this psalm mean for us? The first one I want to, to say addresses those who have been redeemed. Those of us who we trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we need to cultivate a prayer life that praises Praying the Psalms helps us keep a doxological focus to have heaven's point of view even in the midst of the toughest parts of life. Because we know what the end is. We know the end is we're going to be with Jesus. And so what I want us to do is I want us to take a Psalm like this right now. I want you to think of four ways that God has loved you, cared for you, been with you, directly. And so let's take this. Let's do that. I did decide to look back at the past 27 years to see what God has done. All the things I had to be thankful for because of God's great, great love and praise God for it. There's a lot of things, but here's four things. The first one that I wrote down was, I had a heart. I have a heart that's done so well despite being born with congenital heart disease. Allowing me so many opportunities to serve him because of that. Even when I had to wait a long time without it working properly. God heard my cry. Second one, I have an unwavering hope in Christ and a relationship with him. And that got me through a lot of times when I felt really alone, specifically in high school. Number three, when the Lord revealed Psalm 32 to me, when I was praying and I, well, I was trying to pray, and I felt that I'd sinned too much to be forgiven or even be heard by God, the first verses of Psalm 32 reminded me that God loves me and will cast my sin far away from me because of Jesus Christ. The fourth thing, I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit in my life, that when I've cried out to God in prayer, God has sent his Holy Spirit to convict me when I've messed up, that when I've been angry with God about a circumstance, that in sweet moments of prayer, the Spirit of God has reminded me of what God's done in my life and that he wants to be with me. Now, you notice my list had like a component of things that uh, people are thankful for even who don't have Jesus. Health, friends, you know, we can add jobs to the list, But those other two things, that Psalm 32 and the tenderness of the Holy Spirit in my life, that can only come as a result of being in a relationship with God. And I will say that both of those things in my life had really been causing me to praise God for the past little bit. Like, when I remember those times, it just spurs me on to keep going. They remind me of God's faithfulness in hard times. And it keeps reminding me why I live for God every single day. But this Psalm also gives us testimonies stories of how God has, has really changed lives. And so for those of you who, haven't, who are here today and you haven't yet followed Jesus or, or you know you need some kind of saving, I want you to take a look around you. There are people here who have been brought out of spiritual lostness, spiritual loneliness, rebellion, through storms of life, not because they just pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, but because of a person named Jesus. If you're in spiritual distress and you're wondering Um, who can deliver you? Jesus is the only one. He has come to set you free from the chains, the irons, the darkness, and the shadow of death, and he can forgive you from the sin, even the sins that you've chosen and suffered for. Now, you can have a friend, too, that is closer than a brother, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to invite you today to receive Jesus, to commit your life to following him because he will change your heart. He will deliver you when you cry out to him. So I want to invite you uh, at the end of the service to come up and be prayed for, if that's you. Are there are people here who want to pray for you. Want to cry out with you to the Lord and on your behalf and intercede for you. So come and pray with us at the end. You know, just saw, To call the Psalms praises catches our attention because so much of the time our prayers and the prayers that we see in the Psalms have a lot of lamenting. They're calls for help from people hurting like us. Desperate, desperate calls and cries. And so to calm the Psalms, the book of praises might not even seem accurate. <laughs> but it is. Because it describes where we will find ourselves at the end. The finished product. And let me, let me kind of close with this quote here. All prayer pursued far enough becomes Praise. Any prayer, no matter how desperate its origin, no matter how angry and fearful the experiences it traverses, ends up in praise. You know, it doesn't always get there quickly or easily. The trip can take a lifetime. But the end is always praise. Praises is the only appropriate title because the end is where we start from when we come to know Jesus. Hearing the music of the future, we have hope to get on with it in the present. And one day we will be praising God with a host of many people. Our tears will be wiped away. It's going to be beautiful. And so as we come to the table, I'd like to invite um, a few, Meredith, can you come up, and a few others (laughs) to come fill in. I forgot to grab a few people. um, To come do this communion with us. As we come to the table to eat the bread and wine in remembrance of what Christ has done for us, You know, this is actually what the people who were singing the psalm, they would have been celebrating something called Passover. Remembering what God had done for them, how he delivered them. And they would sing praises to God when they ate and celebrated because of what God had done for them. So for us, we call this feast the Lord's Supper. Or in Greek, there's a term called Eucharist, which is thanksgiving. Um, We combine praise and blessing. When we celebrate this, we gather up all the hallelujahs from the Psalms, we gather up all the praises of Israel and all before us, and we come together and we see that their end, the result, we've been praising and what we've been praying for is Jesus. And so we come today to give thanks, to remember what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross. And because of what this means, uh, the bread and the cup are for those who say, yes, Jesus is my King and Savior, he's my Lord. We we ask that if you haven't received Jesus yet, that you just let the cup pass you by. But, the same invitation I made earlier, make again. If you are feeling the call of God on your heart to receive him as Lord, totally feel free to partake in that. And come pray with us. Come tell us about this. We want to know this. We want to care for you, to be able to pray for you, for whatever you're going through. But we want you to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're invited to receive Jesus, to commit your life. And if you are, let's just take this time now to think of more than four things that we're thankful for. And let's praise God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word and thank you that we can come together, we can uh, eat bread and, and the cup, drink the cup, remembering your sacrifice for us. God, we're so thankful to you for that. So God, we praise praise you for what you've done for us. We cannot keep silent. We cannot keep this private. We must praise you. We pray that you would just speak to our hearts in this time as we remember what you've done for us.
0: Amen.